Ion 2020 episode 217. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Ion 2020, your source for the libertarian look at the 2020 election. This is Ray your host. I appreciate you joining me today. The biggest news that's out there now, so I, I have to talk about it, and I've been trying to avoid this subject for a while. I've been trying to make sure that I'm not only doing my episodes and only doing shows on this topic as well, but I mean, it, it has to be talked about. It's the impeachment and the impeachment inquiry and all. The inquiry has now gone to Congress or to the House for a vote, and they voted on the rules and, I guess, the regulations on how they're going to go through the impeachment process. That is not, like, a vote on the actual impeachment. I think they still have to do a ton of um, hearings about it. They're going to put it to a bunch of different committees and everything else. They're going to debate it on the floor of the House. They're going to do all kinds of stuff. And then it'll ultimately come to a vote. And uh, that is kind of the next step, is to start going through all the processes of putting together the impeachment, I guess. Once they vote on the impeachments, which they will do at some point, then it will go to the Senate. I think there was a vote today, that the vote that was done was like 230 Democrats voted for it, and like 198 or 96 Republicans voted against it, and then two Democrats actually flipped and came over to the Republican side. And I'm pretty sure that's all political because if you're a congressperson in like West Virginia or in South Carolina or you know somewhere where it's a true truly a Trump state then you're probably going to make sure that you're voting according to the way that your constituency is because you're going to have somebody go up against you pretty big time uh that's going to use that against you whenever you decide that you're going to um, run. Re- run, And, you know, Congress people, they, they have to be re-elected every two years as well. So that just means that these guys are not going to be put in a situation where it's going to um, affect their re-election, because you know how it is. All politicians, their entire goal only ever is to get re-elected, right? So that's where it's at right now. Um, how is it going to affect the re-election campaign. That is my biggest... You know, that, that's the thing that I'm wondering about. And the thing is, is this. If people start feeling like Donald Trump is not going to get re-elected, if people start feeling like Donald Trump might get impeached, um, which he most likely won't, because when it goes to the Senate, they're going to have to debate it and all that stuff, but the Senate's pretty strong on Trump's side, especially since it's held by the majority Republicans. So most likely, unless they're, I think they have to get a supermajority in order to kick the president out, and it's going to be very hard to get a supermajority. So most likely, Trump won't won't be kicked out of office, right? So how is it going to affect his re-election campaign, though? That's what this show's obviously about. Was we focus on the 2020 election here? So that's what I'll be talking about now. Is you know my feelings on that? How is it going to affect his re-election campaign? Um, 
And I've said this a hundred times before, though, so I don't want to rehash it. But he has supporters that are insanely excited about this guy, man. They love Donald Trump. Like, there's that 32, 33% of people that are not going to turn away. But they're able to frame it in a way. I mean, this is what they're trying to frame it as, is he's an outsider, and he comes into Washington, stirs up trouble, stirs up trouble in the swamp, and now the entire deep state is, you know, banding together against him in order to get him out. They were trying to do it from the time that he got re- got elected. Even they tried to go against him in the in the uh, electoral college. They were trying to fight him. And then as soon as he gets elected, they're already talking about trying to figure out ways to impeach him in the first place. And it's just been one thing after another after another. And finally they bid on this one. And this is the cross that they're going to, you know, this is the cross that they're going to make their stand on right here. That's the hill they're making their stand on is the whole Ukraine thing. And there's no information, there's no facts that back up their inquiry. There's nothing and there's no way that he's going to, you know, there's no way that he's guilty of anything. This is just a witch hunt and it's the great greatest witch hunt in the entire history of all witch hunts. That's what the 33% are going to say. No matter what, they're going to defend the guy. That's what they're supposed to do. They're the Trump supporters. They're the so-called deplorables that uh, Hillary Clinton talks about, you know? The people that just love Donald Trump. And you know what? Those people have the right to love Donald Trump, I guess. They do. I mean, if he, if they feel... There's people that get excited about politicians. There really are. And... He's really been able to make that make that name for himself out there to get people to love him. So, um, but yeah, those people are not going anywhere. Then you have the Democrats that absolutely despise the guys. So that's not anything we got to worry about as well. They're gonna devote. They're gonna vote for any Democrat that is put up against Donald Trump, even even if that Democrat was like the biggest no-name Democrat ever that no one's ever even heard. John Delaney. We'll say John Delaney. If they put John Delaney up against Donald Trump, they'll vote for any anybody as long as it's not Donald Trump. They could put a cat into office or into that position and they'll vote for the cat, you know? It's just a fact. Anybody but, anybody but Trump. Anybody but Trump. So, obviously, Democrats want to find the best person to beat Trump, but they're gonna, there's like 33% of people that are gonna vote for, vote for anybody that's running against Donald Trump, so then what are we worried about, or what is he worried about, is the people in the middle, so then it becomes, that comes down to framing the issue, polarizing the issue, forcing people to take sides, so my feeling is, is that since Donald Trump got elected, his poll numbers in general, like his, his, um, whether people really like him or really don't like him, right? His approval rating has kind of steady been around like that 40%, 42, 44. I've seen it as high as 51, 52, but then it goes down to the forties again. But it's always been the case that he's always right around where Barack Obama was three, three years into his term as well. So, I don't know how it's going to end up affecting his re-election campaign. I really don't. 
the more press he's getting, especially the bad press, the more it polarizes the view, the more the people that are Trump supporters are going to love him and defend him, and the more the Democrats are going to hate him, right? So, and the people in the middle, where do they stand? Do they just check out at that point? Will they be the ones that say, hey, you know, I'm going to vote for a third party? Eh, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, that, that's, that is the question of the year. I am a host of an election show. I should be able to answer that question, right? But um, it's just, it's a toss-up, man. It really is. But when you have the choice between a Republican and a Democrat, your choice is going to be the Republican or the Democrat, you know? And whoever whoever's the lesser of two evils. So then it comes down to who's the Democrats going to, who are they going to nominate? If it's somebody that's far left, then at least Donald Trump will be able to run against somebody and get people to vote for him because they're voting against that person. And that's what he's probably hoping for as well. Um, this is one of those shows where I'm uh, doing some doing some uh, driving home because I'm recording this. So you'll... If, if you're hearing a little bit of background noise and stuff, I do apologize, but um, I don't know if you know this, but I usually record on the night before I release a show, because obviously at 5 in the morning I release a show every day, and uh, I always record the night before while I'm recording the evening before, uh, because it's Halloween, and I have two kids, and we're going to have a lot of people at my house tonight, because we live in the neighborhood within my community that has houses that are stacked on top of each other in some way and uh, it's really good for trick-or-treating for the kids so we get thousands of kids in our neighborhood running around trick-or-treating and my kids are going to be doing the same thing and we're going to have, we always have a party that night get some jello shots hand those out to families we um, have a cooler full of beer, hand those out to the parents that are trick-or-treating, like we like to have some fun and be the, the cool the cool house to come to we got the good candy we got some beer and some jello shots for the for the parents. That's always fun, right? But um, I do not want to be recording this show at 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night when all of the uh, people, most likely everyone will be gone by then, of course. It is a, it, you know, it is, there is, it is a school night technically, right? So, but I don't want to be um, worried about that situation as well. And I'm not going to be able to sit there and do all the research that I want to do and stuff. So I spent some time just kind of thinking over some things and putting together a few things for this show today, and then, um, so then I'm putting together the show when I, and you guys have heard me do this before, well, I'll do a little, I'll just sit there and drive and do the show that way, so that's how I'm doing the recording today, is while I'm cruising down the street, so, uh, not in my sixth foe, though, but anyway, so, yeah, so that's, that's why you hear a little bit of background noise, the secret to listening to a show with a background noise is this, jump in your car, go for a drive, you'll have the same background noise as I have on, on this recording, right? So that's the best way to do it. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that's Halloween. I mean, that, we, we always have some fun at my house during Halloween. And last thing, I, I don't, I never drink unless it's, uh, I never drink when I'm recording unless I'm doing like one of those debate shows or something like that. Cause I just cannot get through the debates without at least a couple beers, you know? Um, because it's so late and it's so boring and it's just obnoxious stuff so I didn't want to be recording after taking a couple of these jello shots and a couple of beers as well and all that you know so anyway besides that point um the last thing I wanted to bring up was this I had a I had a 
listener actually reached out to me on Facebook through the I and the Empire um, group that I have, right? So he reached out to me and he just said, hey, do you think one of these people can, uh, and you know who I'm talking about if you're listening, um, do you know, do you think one of these, you know, a third party can win a state? Like, if, if a third party presidential candidate can win a state, that's what he meant. And I got to thinking about it, and look at the past, okay? That, this is how you decide that, because really, that's going to kind of determine whether a third party is ever going to get anywhere. If a third party can win a state, if a third party can get some of those electoral college votes, if a third party, and it would have to be libertarians, because libertarians get the most of the most of the votes over anybody else. Like, libertarians got three point. 8 million votes in the last election. The next best one was the Green Party. They got like one point something, right? So we got double, over double the number of votes that the Green Party got. That's a lot. That's a lot more people than are in some of these states, you know? So 3.8 million people voted Libertarian. So, but the secret is like, the thing that would put the Libertarians on the map, the Libertarian Party on the map, was if we were able to put together and win one state because that's going to be the first step. It's not like America is all of a sudden going to vote for a libertarian for president. Like they're, the two-party system is so entrenched, and that's the, that's the main point that I always make. The two parties, the Republicans and the Democrats, they're so entrenched, they have rigged the system in favor of themselves. They have built walls around this two-party system so that it's very hard to get in. The only thing that we've had is a Trojan horse that got into the Republican Party, like Thomas Massey, um, Ron Paul was one of those, you know, they, they're kind of like a Trojan horse where they, like, snuck into the Republican Party, but they're really libertarians at heart, you know? Justin Amash, people like that. You've had a couple of libertarians sneak in like that, but that's all we've gotten. That's all we got. So if you take a libertarian, I think Ron Paul, didn't he win Iowa and New Hampshire? Came very close to winning both of them, and if not, won one of them, right? So we've had sort of a libertarian that's done very well against the Republicans, but then again, he was a Trojan horse. He was in there. He was in there as a Republican, running as a Republican, but not really libertarian. So that would be small L libertarians. So we do have some of those. But for a big L libertarian, how would we how would we win? How would it be that we would win a state? That's that is a pre, that is a that's a very good question that he asked me, and I and it, it's hard to come up with any real good responses except to say this: it's a slow process that this is gonna hap, that's gonna have to happen to make that happen, right? Because, but we were able to get three point eight million votes. The thing is, is Gary Johnson was the nominee. He was the governor in the nineties in early 2000s of New Mexico, and he was the nominee for president for the Libertarians. He didn't even win his own state. I think he got around 15 to 20% of the vote there, but that just shows how entrenched the Republicans and the Democrats are. That just shows how impossible it would be for a Libertarian to win a state where the governor of that state, people like him in that state, and it's not a very big state either. And he was only able to get like 15 or 20% of the vote in New Mexico. 
So, I the only thing that I would say is this. Like, for somebody that's a libertarian to win a state, it would have to be just a super popular candidate that has a lot of mass appeal, very charismatic, and it's going to be like 25 to 30 years from now. It's, and it has to come after you and me and everybody else within this party, or if you're not in the party, just a small L libertarian, after we start challenging the status quo in people's minds and start changing the culture, changing the reason why, or the, not, the, not the reason why, but the, the expectations people have of their politicians. Right now, it's how much can you get me? How much can you get me when you go to when you go up to Washington? What can you do for me? If you're going to be running for city council, what are you going to get us? If you're running for a seat in your you know congressional like a state house or something like that, how much can you get at me? What can you get from me? What are you going to do for me? That's what everyone runs on is all the stuff they're going to do for people. We need to change that dynamic. If people demand less government from their politicians they will listen so it's going to be if we're going to get a libertarian to win a state that's the first step win a state right it would have to, it's going to be like new hampshire or one of these more libertarian leading states that would be but if you can win a state that puts the libertarian party on the map but when we hardly have anybody even in office there are a lot of libertarians in state positions and in um, city positions and so forth, but nothing on the national level. We do have those Trojan horses, like I said, the ones that kind of like snuck in into the Republican Party, but that's it. But it's going to have to come through changing the way that people, you know, the expectations that people have of their government, the way that people interact with their government. It's going to have to change that. The only way politicians listen is through votes, right? And if they know that if they promise Medicare for all, they're going to get laughed at, and they're not going to get donations to their campaign, and they're not going to get elected to their congressional seat because they promise too much, then it's going to be racist so you can promise the least. Then it's going to be racist so you can promise to get rid of this department and that department. Then it becomes that. But we have to change the culture first. We have to change the people's minds and then everything else will follow that is the way that government works that's it government only responds when the people demand it and we don't demand it, that's all it is but that's all I got, I mean that, that thinking about it, we're not going to win a state, libertarians are not going to win a state unless we start working hard to make something like that happen and it has to be through sheer numbers and we don't have the numbers right now we have a movement that's growing. I agree. When I was in 1999, I couldn't find a libertarian for the life of me. And now it seems like we're kind of like everywhere in some way. Even your friends will say, yeah, I think I lean libertarian a little bit. I mean, um, I kind of want the government to leave me alone. Like most people feel that way. Most people I talk to do. I've even had people say, yeah, I think I'm a libertarian in some ways, but I still vote Republican. So a lot of people, but in 1999 when I became a libertarian, nobody, crickets. Ron Paul was just, I think he was just re-elected to office, 
after like taking 10 years off or something and nobody really knew who he was except for unless you were in Texas or something and people were like Ron who? he runs for office in 2008 boom has this whole thing with Rudy Giuliani boom takes off libertarianism becomes a cool thing a popular thing for a while it's kind of faded down a little bit but we have a lot of a lot of outlets in the libertarian movement now websites, podcasts books speakers events things that bring more people into the movement it's very easy to find libertarian you know libertarian media now versus when I became a libertarian so I think that we have a movement that's growing we're starting to change the dynamic in some ways we have a lot of academics that have put out a lot of great work that have been able to rationalize like put together rational arguments for libertarian policy we do and that's good and we have more that are continuing to put out this information getting into peer-reviewed journals and things like that so we can start changing that movement we can start changing the move, changing people's minds I mean look at Karl Marx I think he wrote the Communist Manifesto in like the 1940s or 1950s or, or 1840s sorry 1840s right and like they that that idea spread very slowly very slowly I'm sure it was popularized for a while but it spread very slowly like any new idea spreads relatively slowly and we have a we don't have a, exactly a new idea like libertarianism kind of transition from classical liberalism where the founders were classical liberals where they believed in like limited government limited states you know free markets and things like that and now but but now it's been like re revitalized in some ways in the 1970s when the libertarian party became came out and a lot of like the austrian economists kind of embrace libertarianism so like we have a slowly growing movement though we do so that's how we're going to make it happen but we don't make it happen by sitting on our hands we don't make it happen by separating ourselves from society we don't make it happen from you know just being pissed off and arguing and telling people that they're wrong and what they believe is stupid things like that like that's not how we get our point across and that's usually not how libertarians talk anyway but we do like to be argumentative we do like to be right we do like to be the one that's the smartest person in the room I've seen that a lot of times and we just need to sit back and talk to our friends about the libertarian movement put out more information that we as, as much information as we can to as many people as we can that's how we start changing things that's how eventually we win a state eventually we win two or three states eventually the f- two parties start freaking out they start trying to create more rules to keep us out and then we take over you know we, we, we change the culture does that seem like too big of a step I don't know that would be great but anyways I don't I mean government continues to grow though that's not where I, I don't see us heading in that direction right now but 
that's on you and me to change that. But anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me. I have got to stop. My voice is killing me. Like my, my throat is killing me right now. It is Friday though, so I'm gonna take the weekend, right? I'm gonna take the weekend. I'm gonna fix this thing. I'm gonna get I'm gonna knock this cold out of me somehow, this flu that I have. I'm gonna knock it out, come back Monday and kill it. Alright, y'all? So uh, I appreciate you joining me every day. Monday through Friday, check me out, I'm the Empire.com, I'm the Empire on Facebook and on Twitter as well, you can find me there, Ray, yeah, I'm the Empire is my website, or is my email, I mean, uh, you could also, if you really like what I do, you can give me a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast you're listening through, I'd appreciate that also, and then the best thing you could do, though, is you and a friend come back on Monday so you could have clear vision for 2020.